Welcome. You've splash landed into this Prosecco-laden podcast, straight into the woo-woo pool with the crew of OMG. We're just a simple group of tragically imperfect and highly empathic BFFs, exploring a wide range of atypical topics with humor, grace, and curiosity. This is OMG. Hello and welcome. So glad you joined us today. We're going to get right down to it because we have a very special guest with us live from Sweden. Writer and Woo Curious, Miss Frida Grasjo is conferenced in with the crew of OMG, the podcast. Welcome back, y'all. Hi, y'all, and welcome, Frida. I'm so excited on the show today. So I'm going to give a little bio on Frida. She is a Swedish author and also my ex-sister-in-law. She wrote her very first book on a long stay in Thailand in 2017 and has since written four more. This spring, two new novels are being published and the rights to one of her series has been sold in Finland. Oh my God, that's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. on TV and she loves to cook and she makes some really good food. Playing paddle, which you'll have to tell us about that later because that sounds like a naughty. It it does sound a little naughty. (laughs) (laughs) And hanging out with friends and preferably with games and maybe a little bit of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So Frida and I have been knowing each other for, geez, 20 years almost. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. And she is not technically trained as a writer what's your muggle job your day job i'm the head of um of the office for strategic support at the, the university here in sweden where i live and i'm a um, lawyer in the as education awesome wow. so writing is quite a diversion to to that well yes and no i would say when you train to be a, a lawyer then you you write a lot i worked for many years in the court and of course it includes lots of writing or manipulating text or if that's a a saying in English but you handle words and sentences and and text all day but then doing it in a creative way is something different but you still have lots of of um, side effects from my job as well. This is Alexandra hi how did you get started in the, the shift from the legal type writing to your creative writing? I'm one of those people. And I guess it's the same in America as it is here in Sweden. When you tell someone that you're a writer, then I would say 60, 70% says, oh, I want to write a book as well. And I guess it's the same for you. But I am one of those. I've always wanted to write a book. That's been like when I was a kid, I wanted to drive the ice cream van or be a writer. <laughs> and I've at least done one of those things now. But I read lots of books when I was a kid, of course. And when I was growing up, I learned to read quite early. And uh, then, of course, when you go to school, you're forced almost to write different stories in, in Swedish and, and in English. And that kind of gave me the spark that, oh, my God, you can make your own stories as well. So that's how I, I wanted to be a, a writer. but. 
every time I tried to do it when I was older, then I was so, I was stopped by lots of thoughts and feelings about, am I going to make it? Could I do this? Is that something that I would succeed in? I was really afraid about what other people would think about the books and if they would like it and all of those before I had written a single word. And it was first when I started to realize that I don't like every book that is written. There was this really successful Swedish book that was like the book of the year and it was sold to lots of countries and people loved it. And I absolutely hated it. And then I realized, well, I mean, everyone's taste is different. And then then I could really, truly relax and, and put those feelings away because I'm doing this for my sake, not for anyone else's. And if to be afraid of what you're doing, of something that you're, you've dreamed of doing, that, that doesn't really work. It, you come to a point where it, it doesn't work anymore. Is, so does that answer your... your question? <laughs> yes, it does. Thank you. So and I would also say I'm one of those people who would eventually like to write a book. So it was good to hear how you kind of yeah. got over those um, self-doubt. Yeah, the things that stop you from writing. So thank mm-hmm. you. Those are ants, I, automatic negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that it's not just about writing. I think that's that could be said about lots of things in life. What What is it that you want to do and what is stopping you of doing it? And most of the time, it's just yourself and your fears and your beliefs of, of what you're able to, what what someone else will think about it. And for me, it was in the writing that I was very, very limited by those thoughts. I think that's 100% true. I think we do that mm-hmm. to ourselves all the time, not yeah. feeling worthy or good enough or looking at the, how do I get to the end result whenever you have to do all the steps before you can even get to the end result? Yeah, exactly. So. I have a question for you. When you went to Thailand in 2017, was your mm-hmm. intention to write that book during that time? Or did you just go and be like, I think I'm going to try this and just see what happens? Uh, well, I think we're going to have to back a little bit to the background to why we went on this long stay. Around Christmas in 2016, we were walking to school one day. I was walking my kids to school and met an acquaintance an acquaintance that's a hard word in English (laughs) Uh, who was also walking his kid to school and walking his dog and we talked a little bit and it was Christmas two days later and he was during in during Christmas and New Year's he was gonna um, go for an interview for a new job because he was sick of commuting to his work and you know you wish Merry Christmas and everything and then he died He was in a car accident the day before Christmas Eve. And that really shook us. Uh, Someone that we had met just the day before had talked about celebrating Christmas and and a little bit. Someone who was in my age had just died. And that started to get us talking about what is it that we want in life? what, What is it that's important for us? And while we were having these discussions in January in 2017, a boy in my little girl's class who was then six years old had a brain tumor and he had a, a prognosis of six months to live. Only a few weeks after that, a girl in my oldest daughter's class was diagnosed with cancer as well. It was so heartbreaking and it was so hard to 
to really grasp that this was happening to families just around us, it could actually also happen to us. So we decided that what we really wanted was to have more time together as a family. That's why we decided to go on this long stay, to really have quality time with our family. And Thailand was the only place we could afford. So that's why we ended up there. And when we were doing this and talking about what we were doing, then I also had started to think for myself, what is it that I want to do? What dreams do I have that are not fulfilled yet? And writing was definitely on top of that list. Then that's also how I decided that I really need to get over this fear because that's not the way I can live my life. I need mm-hmm. to handle this now. So I did decide to write the book, but I, I did also have the mindset that I was going to see what happened. I was doing it for me, not for anyone else. And if I had failed, then I don't think I would have taken that as hard either. And maybe that was why it went all the way. Maybe that was why I, I succeeded because I had lowered the expectations that I was doing this for someone else, that it was going to be a bestseller or, you know, all those things. My husband also set a goal for his his time in the long stay because the girls were in school in Thailand, in the Swedish school. So we had lots of free time. And he decided to read a whole book series in, from a Swedish author. And he did that first. <laughs> he was finished first. <laughs> and uh, I actually did finish that first novel. I was sitting on a balcony in Vietnam, writing the last words. And that was just an amazing feeling. That is really amazing. It's, I am feeling very inspired by you as usual. Yeah. Because I've known Frida for a long time and she always takes life by the horns and she doesn't make excuses for why she's not doing something. So I think that's something we can all appreciate and learn from about you. Because Thank you, you don't let things stop you. Yeah. Well, not. I, I think that, I mean, of course, you have to be stopped from doing certain things. That's just the way it is. But you really need to step down and look into yourself to what, what is it that I really want and, and then go after it. Don't be afraid. That's, I mean, I can do things and still be afraid, of course. Yes. But yeah, I still have to do them. And I think that's the that's the key to, to at least going a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this, Frida. I feel very inspired too. This is Aaron. And I, my whole life, I've also wanted to be a writer. And I think that I've struggled and still struggle with a lot of what you've described, this, you know, kind of inner saboteur saying, well, what mm-hmm. if it's not well received? Or what if it doesn't get published? Or what if, you know, all these what ifs that are a made up, version of reality in my head that like you said it's not for other people it's doing it for my own sake and Mm -hmm. feeling that creative process and kind of tuning in to the energy or spirit of where you are and writing for yourself so that was really inspiring so thank you for sharing that and I have a question too about your writing is there since you've written books after your first novel um, Mm -hmm. is there any sort of tools or anything that kind of help you move or shift out of like what some people call a writing block, like or little periods of maybe feeling uninspired or you're stuck in a certain scene or something. Is there anything that helps you kind of get out of that and continue to be able to write what you're writing? Yeah, 
I think that's something that everyone experiences that you have these you have these periods where you don't feel as as inspired in the writing and you don't really know what you're going to do. I usually as a writer I have a, a I hope that this is the English word synopsis is is that the word you use yeah. like the outline for outline I think is that I have a, a a pretty rough outline about what's going to happen. I use different dramatic curves depending on which genre it is but it mo- mostly I use one called the whale and then I put the outline of the story in where the turning points or where the climax of the story is, etc., etc. And from that, I just write very roughly about what's going to happen, mostly in three parts of, of the story. And then, then I start writing. And the days that I don't feel like writing, then I work on the story instead. Then maybe I go down to a chapter outline or um, an outline for the second part of the story and make that a little bit thicker because then I'm still working on the story. I'm still in touch with the story, but I don't have to be in the mood for, for whatever it is I'm writing. And I also, I don't write it from start to end. I go back and forth. And this is also because I can be in a bad mood and write a scene where my character doesn't feel well. And then I can be in a great mood and write something else or just feel like, oh, this is going to be a scene where there's going to be a huge conflict. If something else has happened in my life, then maybe I can't do that that day. Maybe I will have to be calm and everything to get it right. So I try to be a flexible writer that way, but still work on it. Because if you're writing a book, the one thing that's the most important is that you are writing, that you are having your butt on that seat and doing it. You can't just walk around and think about the story, which is also important, but you have to do it. You have to sit down. You have to have your computer. You have to write those words. And you can't just wait to get inspired, but then you can do other things instead. And your story is still getting on. Thank you, Frida. I think that's incredible advice because that was kind of it leads into my next question which is what sort of advice would you give to listeners of our podcast who are interested in you know cultivating a writing practice or maybe writing a novel or a book of their own and trying to get it published so another question i have is how would you describe the relationship between any sort of spiritual or mindfulness practices that you have and your writing practice like is there sort of like a like a ceremony or ritual that you kind of have to do in and before you can sit down and start writing, like, do you make a cup of tea? Do you meditate? Or I don't know, actually. <laughs> I think that's a very good question because I think I do things to get myself in that mood. But I'm not right. sure now that you ask me that I have ever reflected on what it is that I'm doing. I know that I write, I get the most writing done in the morning, usually when, uh, when no one else is awake. I usually have some candles, perhaps, and a cup of coffee. I have to have lots and lots of coffee when I'm I'm writing. That's very important. <laughs> but it could also be uh, my husband has started playing guitar. I absolutely love that. He's sitting there with his guitar and just trying different things. And I get so relaxed and so... Because I think that's the, the key thing for me. I need to be relaxed and, and calm to be able to get this real flow in writing. 
But when he starts singing to the guitar, then it's over. And then it's not possible <laughs> to, to write a, a single word. <laughs> not so inspiring. No, yet. but uh, so I think that um, if you are a person who are used to meditating or to like have this um, mantra or something that you say to yourself, if you do those things in other life as well, then maybe uh, that could be a good way for you to start your flow. I usually say that I'm a writer that needs to be, it needs to be uh, driven by lust, by uh, a joy, uh, by mm -hmm. something that's um, fun and joyful for me. If I have too much pressure or stress about it, then it doesn't get as good and I don't enjoy it as much. So whatever get, that gets you in the, that, that state would be what you should do before. I think that's great advice. Thank you, Frida. I think, so not to take up everyone's time, but I have one more question that I was curious about. Kind of what was your experience like in the publishing process of the book? So after you've written, you know, you have like your first draft and kind of like you said earlier, it, you feel very vulnerable, right? Like this, mm -hmm. will it be well received? Will it receive accolades? And then kind of just pushing past that mental barrier that we put on ourselves um, of, you know, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay because you did it mm -hmm. for yourself. Um, but when you get to that point of putting it out into the world for other people to read, you know, what was your experience like with publishing? And is there anything that you would recommend to listeners who are interested in, in publishing their work? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I think I have so many advice, actually, because I did all of those things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> I'm one of those people that's just run straight into a wall. No, yeah. but um, so I wrote the book. I wrote a book in Thailand and then I came home and I barely read it actually I, because I'm a very impatient person as well and I mean I had read I had written a book I mean I knew it was it was a start it was a finish it was a whole book I was so proud of myself which I should be of course because it is something good but so I set it off I hardly edited it I hardly even read it before I sent it to publishers. And I yeah. got, no, 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 no. This is not being published. And I was like, oh my God, is it that bad? <laughs> <laughs> By then I was also so, I was so happy and proud that I had done it, that, that I had already started writing more things. I had written these small novellas for different uh, competitions and had been published by in those because it's so much easier to write a short story than to write a, a long one because it, I mean, it takes so much less time. So that was a good thing for me to do because then when I got all those no's, I had gotten some yes on different stories as well. So I knew that, oh, but it, it can't be, it can't be that much, much off. But so we came to the summer in 2018 and I had only gotten a no's. And then I realized I think I'm going to have to edit this. And, <laughs> and I was like, where am I going to start? What am I going to do for this? How do you edit a book? I had not had a single clue on how to write a book. So, I mean, to edit it was even more confusing. So I just tried to push it aside and didn't think about it for a while. But I did go into the more writing community on Instagram. In Sweden, we have this really big Bookstagram, I would guess that you also have it. 
And people are there are very, very friendly and they help each other out. And I started to see that people were also processing the things that I was doing. And then I also actually had a huge luck with this education to be um, an editor that uh, was looking for books or manuscripts that were written but not completely finished to have for their students. So I sent mine in and they did it for me for free because I wasn't at the stage where I was ready to pay for those things either, which of course you can hire someone to give you those pointers. So I got it back. I edited it. I sent it to a few other things at other places. And I um, had two yeses actually that time. So from the one publisher that I'm with now and another one. So I, I accepted the publishing house that I'm in now. By that time, I was already writing the follow-up story. So I was writing that one and they wanted that one as well. And then I took a little break and really thought about the outline for the next story because I wanted the third one to be a little bit better or not better, but more thought through, I would think, the, the story. So, yeah. Then I wrote that one, uh, sent it to a few ones again, got lots of no's, but one yes. And I remember when I got that email from this, because it's a rather big publishing house in Sweden. And the first books are only audiobooks, or they were at least in the beginning. Now they're also in this uh, soft pocket. I don't know the English word for it, but it's some kind of soft cover books. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the name. <laughs> but I remember when I got the, the email, then they we had a uh, telephone call. It was a Friday evening. Our friends were coming over for dinner, and they came, and I was coming down the stairs because I had had the, the talk with the, someone at the publishing house. And I said, oh, my God, I'm I'm offered a contract with these people they're going to publish my book and then one of our friends he just went outside again he took his car went back home came back and he had this huge huge bottle of uh, champagne Moet and Chandon or whatever the name is and we just drank the whole bottle and we're so happy <laughs> I hadn't seen anything but we celebrated in advance <laughs> that's awesome right. no but um so my advice there would be to not give up that's really really important and then don't be afraid to let your script or manuscript lie in the drawer for a little bit a few months one month two months and then look at it again and if you can afford it or have the opportunity then you can get someone else to read it or someone professional to read it because that will take you further I have two people reading my manuscripts now as well, even though I have I have actually two publishing houses that I'm working with. But I still have two people here that I'm working with. One who is an experienced reader who knows if the story is good enough and one who doesn't like women's fiction, which is the genre that I'm mostly writing and who is uh, a little bit harsher. So I get like two different views on my manuscripts before I even send them to my my publisher. That's terrific and such a good method, I feel like, too, like mm-hmm. in the editing process. I, Frida, this is an amazing discussion. So we have several more questions for you. 
So those of you at home listening, if you will put down your pens and your pencils, go refill your glass of whatever you're sipping on. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, guys, welcome back from your little break. And if you're joining us back, we're talking to Frida and we are talking about the books that she's written. So I understand that these are only in Swedish, which is sucks for all of the English speaking mm-hmm. listeners and soon to be published in Finnish as well. So tell us a little bit about the type of book that you write, the names of the book, and a little bit about the storyline without giving away too much, just in case anybody wants to get them. And then we'll, and like where you see them going or what you would like to see happen with your books. Yeah, I have currently three book series. The first one that I told you about, the one that I wrote in Thailand, that is um, a series that's called Top 10. It's called Top 10 List, Top 10 Baby, and Top 10 A Perfect Christmas. So the third one is a small, a short novella about Christmas. I think when I started writing, I didn't really know how to plan a story, but I did get this idea about, about I did get the story to that in a way that it made it possible for me to write. It was also the Christmas in 2016 that one of our Swedish big influencers she went out on her blog or instagram or whatever it was saying that she had set up 70 goals for 2017 and it was really important for people to have goals to achieve and if we wanted to and couldn't make up any of our own we could take her goals to do and i thought that was just so hilarious because she (laughs) and i had such different values in life had such different I mean, our family, uh, everything in our everyday life was different. And what would happen if I did those 70 goals of the <laughs> Swedish influencers? But that got me started thinking of the story. So the top 10, the list is about my main character, Sarah, that is that finds the list on a bus with someone's goals to do for a year, 10 different goals. and. Of course, she has a reason to do these things. And she has just also currently been dumped by her boyfriend and is devastated. But she does these uh, 10 things. And that, of course, also gave me a story to write. If you understand what I mean, I had those 10 goals that I had to go through. So it was almost like 10 short novellas in one book that, of course, had a common outline as well. But it was, I think it was a way for me to to plan a book without planning it. (laughs) So the second one, top 10 baby is of course, when the list that she does herself for having a baby unexpected, well, unexpected pregnancy. And then top 10, a perfect Christmas is, is when her boyfriend makes a list for the 10 things that they have to do to have a perfect Christmas for the baby. Uh, Which of course, everyone knows is not ever happening. 
Not when you have babies or when you have a family or (laughs) something. And the second series, that the one that is published in all, in in hardback cover and in audio and in also in paperback was the word, right? Mm -hmm. And the one that has gone really well, it was on our, we have this audio service and it was on the top list for that one for a long time actually and was also on top three which is not very common for women's fiction or feel good as we call it in Sweden uh, so I was very very happy about that and it's it's uh, has gone really well that book it's called Bed and Breakfast for Lazy Couples um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um it's a story about, I would say that most of my stories actually are about trying to evaluate who you are and the choices that you have made in life. Why have you done them? And is this really what you want to do? And uh, for Beatrice, who is my main character in, in that, her main purpose in life was not being a lawyer that she had thought she wanted to to work with flowers and gardens and uh, to work at the bed and breakfast for lazy couples. So the follow-up for that one is um, Angry Women's Antique Books. Uh, It's about uh, her very angry aunt, Agatha, who works in an antique bookshop that is being uh, threatened to be torn down. And Where's the uh, setting of this? Is it in Sweden or are you setting it in It's in Sweden. We have... of course, Brenda has been there lots of times. We have this summer house in a region in Sweden called Dalsland. And I had invented a city in the middle of, of that region uh, called Rusnes. So the whole series is called Rusnes series. And the third one is about Beatrice's uh, sister, Cecilia. And that's called, I would say, something like Cutthroat. No, I can't even say it. In Swedish, it's called Champagne Cork. Is is that the name? Mm-hmm. Champ- champagne yeah, and catering. Chaos among champagne and catering. Something like that. Cutthroat catering, I was going to say. Okay. It's about a cooking competition for being a caterer for a wedding show. So it yeah. also ties together with the, the so do you think you, bed and breakfast. Do you base your writing on your own personal likes and dislikes and like the things that you've been through. Yeah. Yes, of course. I mean, Beatrice in the first book in that series, she is a a lawyer, which and works at the court, which I have. And of course the cooking show, that's like my main interest except for, for writing. And I love watching cooking shows and to write on my own cooking show, just making all the rules up and everything. It was so much fun. I wish someone would read it and make a cooking show out of it. It's, uh... (laughs) no, it's good. And And then, then then you could be on the cooking show. I could, I could, I could be the guest judge. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, no, but, but in the first one, it's a lot about, flowers and i absolutely hate gardening but that's what <laughs> the book wanted i i can't say anything else when you start writing it's also we talked a little bit about when you're in the flow writing flow and when you're doing it it takes its own way 
the story is what a story wants to be. And you just have to go with the flow. And she wanted to have this garden with lots of beautiful flowers that were blooming in different kinds of, of the year. And it was a nightmare, actually, to write because I don't know anything about flowers. <laughs> and my editor, she at, at the publishing house, she was like, that doesn't, that's, um, it's supposed to be May. And this is uh, blossoming in August. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone ever care about those things when they read? <laughs> but, right. but, but I mean, that was what the story wanted to be. And that's the way it's been with all of those. But of course, I mean, I base everything a little bit of myself and of my feelings and of, of people around me and things that I hear. Sometimes things in the paper that you read and start spinning around. And there can be a story about everything. Okay. This is Camille, Frida. This is so interesting, but I have two words that I think would be really beneficial to you, and I hope someone is out there listening. Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) Is there there a Swedish counterpart for Oprah? Like, where would you like to see your book and thereby make it available to the masses? We don't have anyone that's, that's that big. But we do have the the TV4 and news couch. That would be good. That would be a good place to start. (laughs) News couch. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you like to see happen with your book? I would love to be able to read it. But as you know, Frida, my Swedish is really, really sucky. (laughs) (laughs) You only learned the bad words. (laughs) She learned to curse. (laughs) Uh, you should pick it up again (laughs) no but I mean of course when you have when you have written a book and when you have put your soul and hard work in it and you're I'm very proud of all my books even though I like some better and some less of course I would like people to find them and read them a dream would be to be able to make as much money of this as that I could work maybe 50% and, and then write the rest. Uh, right now I'm working 80% and I have one day a week that I'm writing and the rest I'm working at the university. So, I mean, that would be a dream, but it's really hard to get to that point where you can quit your job or something. You need to be found, discovered. Yes. yes. So you have a bigger No, platform. but I mean... Everything happens for a reason. And I think that all steps are leading to to where I'm supposed to be. So yeah. I think that's great. Great attitude. Yeah, yeah, always does. So is there, Frida, for our listeners all around the world, Swedish or otherwise, are, is there anywhere um, online where people can kind of find your work or find out more information about you? Do you have like a website or a social media presence? I know you talked about books. I do. I do have, um, I have a website www.fridagracio.se That's in Sweden. I'm also on Instagram. Frida and this underline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gracio. So feel free to follow me. I mostly write in Swedish, but since my books have been sold to Finland now, I'm going to update my website to have that in English as well. And we'll, we will link those 
to contacts on our show notes as well. If anybody out there is interested in finding out more about Frida, is your website in Swedish or is it in English? Yes, it's in Swedish, but I, I'm planning on updating it to English as well. Okay. Because I, I don't know be. Finnish. Oh, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough. Now, how did you go about getting it published in another country? Did that just spontaneously happen through your publisher? Oh, my publisher has an in-house agency. Okay. So they sold a whole series and also the one that's uh, coming this spring, which is the fourth book in the series. I'm right now editing the fifth part. Then I'm also thinking about writing a Christmas book about those. But in spring, there's a, also a new book in a new genre for me. It's called in, it's in cozy crime. I've always wanted to write what is cozy uh, crime some kind of mystery. Hmm? What is, what you is don't cozy have cozy crime? crime? I you? thought that was an English. No. I thought that was really the English uh, word for it. Um, you like it. Yeah, have I've you seen those? I've Good. heard of them. You know, uh, Murder, yeah. She Wrote, the, yeah. the series, yeah. TV series? Yeah. It's uh, like this, a little bit comfortable, nice, feel-goodish vibe about a crime or a death <laughs> or a murder. <laughs> it doesn't have to be very much blood or very too much, too intense right. excitement about it. It could be a That's little bit cozy. That's the kind of crime my mother loves. Yeah, and I, I love it. She says they die pretty, (laughs) but there's still a good mystery to solve without all the gory details. Yeah, and I've always wanted to write those kinds of stories. It was only those feel-good stories that that came out, and then I listened to a more established author that said, "Well, writing a cozy crime is just like writing a feel-good story, which is what I do in the women's fiction stories." And then just throw in a really pretty murder. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. That actually reminds me of a series I really like to read and listen to the Magical Bakery Mystery Series by Bailey Cates. It's about cooking and a little bit about the woo. So I wish I knew Swedish so I could read your. <laughs> I would totally get into that. That's- yeah. That's the kind Me of too, murder yeah. mystery, you know. But now I know a word for it. Cozy cry. Cozy cry. <laughs> I just want to die pretty now. <laughs> someone, some uh, for the next book, then I'll, I write someone un- unexpectedly dying at a pod. pod uh, <laughs> Fresh new inspiration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at last, I think, Maybe as we wrap up, um, one question I have for you, Frida, is I know you discussed the audiobooks that are available for some of the books that you've written. Did you narrate those or read them aloud, or was it another voice actor that that did that? Yeah, the um, audiobooks is really big in Sweden. It's Sweden is one of those the countries that are where the digital formats of books are highest compared to how many people who live in there in their Finland as well actually are, are approaching. So they put a lot of money into the production of the audiobooks. So they have established authors for this. And uh, the one who, who has read my books, or at least the the, the new series that I have, is um, she wor- usually works for one of the big theaters in Sweden and has done lots of 
TV series as well. I love her. Julia Duvenius is her name. She's fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool to get her. I would. I was very happy. She was my number one choice. Aww, that's that's amazing. awesome. Manifested yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't told any of Frida's real stories, and I won't. I'll save her Thank the embarrassment. You. <laughs> She's a very naughty, dirty, dirty girl. <laughs> I knew I her. <laughs> that's a story for another time. She said paddling is one of her favorite pastimes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really get why Brenda it immediately said, what is that? That sounds dirty. I was like, what? It's a tennis sport. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pickleball, not spanking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Frida, thank you so much for coming on today. And we have enjoyed talking to you because it's not just about writing. I think it's about also confronting ourselves and our self-doubt and pushing past those limits and doing the things that we want to do. And I think we can all take some inspiration from that and take that with us today. And you know what? To our listeners out there, if you're curious and you want to comment, if you would like to hear about Frida's naughty side, <laughs> I'm going to vote for a part two. So let us know your thoughts. <laughs> so crazy. Well, Frida, as we wrap up, is there, um, if you wouldn't mind teaching us, Brenda might know, but it sounds like she just knows swear words in Swedish. Um <laughs> Is there a way to say see you soon or goodbye to our listeners in Swedish that we could repeat yes. after you? Yes, we see us. We see us. We see us, y'all. Yes. Until next time, guys. We see us. Bye. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It's so easy to do and such a huge help for us. We appreciate your interactions so much. Want to join us at our table? Make sure to check out our YouTube channel and join our Facebook community. If you've enjoyed this content and wish to support us, take a look at our Patreon page. All information and links will be in our podcast description. Catch you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.